Welcome to a Latter-day Family Podcast. I'm Todd Michael. I'm Amber Michael. And we're back from a short hiatus. We are. And we didn't die. No. We had COVID and it's not as dramatic as it used to be. I remember when people saying that they had COVID was like the whole workplace would shut down and yeah. I freak out. Obviously that was like pre-vaccine and mm-hmm. different variants and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just funny how now like people mention they have it. Yeah, they mentioned they have it like as if they are going on vacation or something. Yeah, I'm gonna have COVID for the next five days, so I can't make it. But yeah, it's gotten. We'll see you next week. People, most people very a lot less dramatic, yeah, which is a good thing. Yeah, it was it was bad. We felt really lousy oh, yeah, for a while, terrible. but it wasn't like the worst thing that we've ever had by far. I'm still waiting to get my taste and smell back. That's the most dramatic <laughs> oh, yeah. part for me. You have that. <laughs> Mine like faded a little bit. But so it was dulled, but I never completely lost it. And that was for like a day. Food is so unpleasant when you can't (laughs) taste it or smell it. It's just gross textures. Most textures of healthy food, especially, are just tedious. Like white chicken is just chewy. And when you can't add any of the flavoring onto it, it's just endless chewing. Yeah. Same with lettuce. Yeah. Endless chewing. <laughs> no th- flavors, no dressing. I think it's extra bad for those of you that are foodie types. Yeah. Like you love experimenting love. with different uh, tastes of foods and things like that. Same thing with a, a person we knew from our old our old ward that had said to you on Facebook yeah. saying that she had that too. And I felt bad for her because she's definitely more like a enjoys like making cool things yeah. and stuff like that too. So it's a, you people shouldn't be the ones losing it. It's should especially be the rest offensive. <laughs> so I keep thinking that it's coming back, but it's very selective. Certain foods all, but it's like a, the, the base flavor that all like most food tastes kind of mildly or in a dull way. Yeah. Almost like Mexican food or metal. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. But you can't taste any of the overtones or like the specific flavors. So yeah. we'll see. We missed it's... our chance to sneak gross things into your meals. <laughs> Just to see if I know Just... <laughs> Yeah. What does he really hate? So now I know. Let's if, put some mint in if it. If I'm eating it, everyone just smiling, staring at me, motionless. <laughs> see what you do. That's the downside to being sick all at the same time. If you'd been sick just on your own, oh, you would have had way more me. fun. I know. We were all sick. You too. still have time. My taste buds are you still. You can taste a little. You'll know. Uh, only slightly. I can't taste. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, everything tastes bitter, and I can't taste anything that's sweet. Yeah. So I guess the only joy you could have is sneaking <laughs> syrup or something into my food. Which... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway. We don't want to make you your blood sugar spike. Though. Yeah, it's not worth it. So today we're talking about not COVID and not food, but homeschool versus public school 2.0. Yes, we need to realize we did an episode about this. <laughs> we're out of ideas, guys. <laughs> Just going to loop back through everything. Yeah, but homeschool has definitely morphed into a whole different being than it was for us a year ago and mostly we were talking about like our past experiences with homeschool and public school I think on that one yes we were so we want to do a little refresher with our new our new perspective our new kind of uh, our current focus so a lot of times when we're talking about 
what topic we want to discuss, we say, what have we been talking about lately? And usually there's gospel-related things, sometimes other stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, this week has been everything homeschool because we just (laughs) launched our homeschool membership portion of our website for our small business, Mm -hmm. um, which is very exciting. Yeah. And so that's been on our minds especially a lot. Um, And then just various aspects, I think, of like it being winter and having snow days and Mm -hmm. just various things where we keep seeing these kind of differences between public school and homeschool. And everything to us looks like a plus for homeschool. (laughs) We're going to admit that right away. You see messages going out like (laughs) school's canceled tomorrow and... I remember in the old days, we didn't, it didn't snow where we were from, but there were like big storms that would knock out trees and things like that. Yeah. Like I remember when our son was in kindergarten having to drive like completely around the main road that we took to his school. So his, to get to his school was 20 minutes. We had to drive all the way around because it cut through a mountain where like four right. trees fell down one winter right. and they didn't clear it out for like three weeks. <laughs> so we had to drive around. It took us 45 minutes to get to school and then back again oh, so every terrible. day because we had to go way around. Anyway, so just seeing messages here going out like, okay, school is canceled. Like I remember right. those days of wondering like, yeah, is it going to be canceled? How am I going to get my kids to school? Yeah. But we don't have that now. It no. snowed and we were stuck indoors and we just did school. Right. And they complained less because there was nothing more interesting yeah. happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So full disclaimer, just to get it out of the way. For people who don't have the option of homeschooling, like they legitimately, mm-hmm. logistically can't do it. Most cases, I would say, are single parent homes. Mm-hmm. Other instances are where both parents are working and Mm -hmm. there's no possible way to avoid it for the period of time yeah that they would want to be homeschooling or maybe a situation where the parent that's home is not willing to homeschool or whatever yeah like if it's not an option for your family fine we get it and we're not judging you (laughs) plenty no i'm judging i'm I'm just kidding i'm just kidding (laughs) uh there's plenty of good that you can still give your kid if they're in public school so it's not Mm -hmm. so much of a like this Mm -hmm. is the way But for our family and for our priorities, it's been really cool to see over the last, I'd say, year or so since we really got a little more like got our traction with homeschooling Uh and felt a little more invested in it. Not like this is a stopgap until we figure out what COVID's going to do to school. Yeah. Um, But it's been really cool to see all the benefits. Um, And then since then, I you know since we did the first episode. I'm no longer employed by a school district. Yeah, you had to hold back. So, yeah, I did hold back with some of the things. So, I just want to clarify, teachers unions, teachers are great, unions are terrible, and teacher unions are among the most <clears throat> corrupt and sinister organizations out there that will tick off a lot of teachers, but it's mostly because they're, the, like, the people who will get ticked off by me saying that are usually the teachers who are, their heart's in the right place, mm-hmm. and they're not the teachers that anyone would have a problem with Mm -hmm. it's the reason that so many teachers are in it for the right reasons and that the unions manipulate them is why i have a problem with unions it's not because i'm against teachers it's because i'm for teachers and i don't like seeing Mm -hmm. their goodwill and interest in actually helping kids even if i don't agree with them ideologically most teachers are like even where there's ideological indoctrination in classrooms 
most cases, it's because they want to actually help the kids. Mm -hmm. So even then, it's like, I don't agree with it and I don't think you should be teaching it, but mm -hmm. I still get where you're coming from. Yeah. My issue with unions is in the politics of it, the funding and the control. The, the power very much lies at the top and mm -hmm. teachers are given very little leeway or control over what they do, mm -hmm. how they teach. And I mean, it's very hard to find a teacher who's satisfied with what they're able to teach. Most of them want more support or want more control. or yeah. So anyway, um, I couldn't say that outright before, yeah. but I will say it now. Yeah. Unions are pretty much all sinister and the two <laughs> biggest ones are the most sinister of all. It makes sense. But on a lighter note, yeah, we don't <laughs> there have are no homeschool union. unions. <laughs> I don't think there are. I've never heard of one. No. I don't know what would be the point. You're not getting paid. No. <laughs> what are you going to do? Fire me? Yeah. <laughs> Rebel against your significant other. Yeah. <laughs> we are going on strike if you don't give us <laughs> the conditions we demand. Um, how about for our kids? Like, I think that would be... A good point to talk about. Okay. What, what have you seen um, benefits and challenges? Okay. Well, when we started out doing homeschool, the beginning of the school year of 2020, I guess, it's when the pandemic started. Yeah. Um, we didn't have like, uh, we hadn't received, we had ordered a curriculum that we thought would be good, but it hadn't come and it was like back ordered. So I was left to making my own lessons for about a month. And so we did that. Um, and the kids loved homeschool. Like they yeah. enjoyed every day of it. It was really cool. They thought it was fun and they were learning stuff and all that. Then when our curriculum came and we got going with that, we all cried. <laughs> it didn't work for us. And we were stubborn. We stubborned it out for a long time. Yeah. So it's not that the curriculum we had was bad necessarily, or that it wasn't teaching uh, important concepts and things like that. But I mean, I think it was a combination of me not having experience with homeschool. Sure. So I would make sure we did everything that was in the curriculum right, right at the is... beginning and never skip stuff, even if it was yeah. too easy for my kids. Yeah um that's common yes because i was like i don't want to mess up and not teach them you know right. these parts and they then they'll be lost they later yeah anyway so then i would stubbornly whether it took us two hours to do a lesson or it took us 30 minutes yeah just stubborned it out and that was my mistake and then the other was just that the style of the curriculum that we had just wasn't right for our kids so i stuck with it though for two through the beginning of this year actually yeah. this school year and then the kids would always complain about school <laughs> and how they <laughs> hated it. And they'd fight me and yell. We'd all cry, complain. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like that was what happened every day. But yeah. No, was, but it was more often was than more it should have been. Yeah. It was frustrating. It was yeah. super frustrating. And then I always hear people talking about homeschool, how great it can be, and how kids are like can be excited about learning. You can how you can encourage them on their interests and things like that. And I was yeah. like, I can't because I don't have time right. for any of this. So that's anyways. So we finally, we talked you and I about yeah. how it wasn't working. We decided to go back to square one and drop the curriculum because we know what they needed to be taught. Right. <laughs> and then start making our own. Like, so basically we're just teaching them their grade level, the things that they need to know. And, 
we're able to add in all kinds of interesting supplemental things now instead right. of having to just do the boring stuff. And I would say they're enjoying it a lot more. So much more. I mean, even just for me, from a selfish perspective, working from home. <laughs> Not hearing like, as funny. Yeah, like the amount of times that there would be giant blow-ups with them resisting mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. making excuses or trying yeah. to distract or whatever to now like even just today I was noticing I was sitting in here proofreading one of the courses I'm working on and it was I didn't have to have any classical music on in the background like it was <laughs> silent basically I mean I could hear your mumbled voices talking to each other but there wasn't any of the drama so it's definitely clear that they're happier and more yeah more it's not like they're it. getting behind oh if we were worried if we're if I'm worrying about them not being at the right place with math or reading or whatever I'm able to just look up what standards they should be at for right. their grade level right. if I want to that's easy and just to see if I'm keeping up but well and you know I mean so the standards are there and they're good just as a guide but... you know like what the next thing that they would logically need to uh -huh. learn like you know where they're at in their reading you know where they're at in their math so it's more a matter of are they progressing along their in their learning mm -hmm. than it is like what is the three things I have to drill into their brain because mm -hmm. it's this time of this year or whatever. Exactly. And that's one of the biggest challenges I think with any traditional school setting where you're having to teach one teacher is having to teach multiple students mm -hmm. the same subjects in that there's just becomes a you hit a brick wall in terms of how much you can differentiate so there's the concept of differentiation which is basically you give each kid what they need mm -hmm. not the same and teachers know it but there's only so much time in each day there are only so many resources teachers have mm -hmm. and ultimately unless you're really given leeway to utilize technology to do it mm -hmm. there's only so much variation teachers can give so mm -hmm. they'll have like the main lesson that's usually geared toward the wherever the bulk of the kid of kids are mm -hmm. in most schools that means low mm -hmm. then they'll have like some extra challenge opportunities for kids who need it and then they'll have the like really simplified for kids that can't even handle the the basic stuff yep. and so you end up in most cases in my experience you end up with the high kids bored uh -huh. the mid-range kids getting kind of an okay amount of instruction uh -huh. and then everyone those two groups combined waiting for the kids that are struggling they're just lost to, unless they have yeah them. to either get help or the teacher plows ahead and the kids that are behind like in most cases mm -hmm. two or three grade levels behind mm -hmm. don't have any access they don't have an entry yeah. point yeah. it'd be like if i said i'm going to teach you calculus but nothing yes whatever it is that comes before calculus uh-huh <laughs> none of the foundational <laughs> skills and it doesn't matter how carefully i explain the calculus uh -huh. if you don't have the rudimentary stuff it's going to make very little sense mm -hmm. so all this to say it's i think that's one of the biggest un unsung um benefits of homeschool is how much yeah. you can zero in on what your kid needs and they just don't have to spend as much time waiting for other kids to catch up exactly yeah or being lost mm -hmm. when it's above their ability like you can really tailor to that. yeah it's nice because we have three kids technically that are homeschooling because we're doing one like a preschool like a part-time preschooling um it's fun because some of the stuff yes is just one-on-one -on -one with me because they're littler kids so i'll do like 
specific lessons with each of them. But a lot of stuff you can just tailor the same activity for the three different levels. Yeah. Like I know that they all love reading, like read either reading with me or reading, like me reading to them or else reading on their own. But they're all at different levels. Mm-hmm. Me reading out loud to them, they can all listen because we talk about what we're reading as we go sure. along. But them reading on their own or me reading out loud to them, I just do like I can do separately right. with each of them. But then I made them their little like notebooks to write book reports in because I know they love books and they need practice writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, that's one of the things they don't get if they're using like computer programs is practice yeah. writing. So they're practice writing in their like notebooks. But they and our son especially hates writing stuff out. Yeah. But I have never heard him complaining when he's writing about the about books. Book, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's been really cool because he gets a practice right. on something that's interesting to him. Because in his in our old curriculum, it would be like, write about this painting. And it would be like a painting of like a lady in nature yeah. by a river or something. It <laughs> I just would, didn't have a connection. It just didn't have a connection yeah. to it. So every once in a while, we still use the curriculum for like worksheets and stuff like that. And I've gotten a little bit more savvy of like... The other day, he it was like that. He needed to write two sentences about this picture. And yeah. I was like, imagine something really funny happening on it. And so he wrote about like robots and aliens coming <laughs> and getting Which, the lady. Yeah, you still. That was an unnecessary interruption. Sorry for the disjointed <laughs> cut. Our four-year-old came to the door and, guys, guys, it's an emergency. Pants are wet. It's an emergency. We're like, oh shoot, she had an accident. We no. put child locks on all the doorknobs, and she can't open the bathroom one sometimes. <laughs> right. So- yeah. So we're like, oh, she didn't make it into the bathroom. <laughs> no, she just dribbled some water from her cup on herself and decided it was an emergency and had to tell us. Anyway. Yes. Um. Like, I think most teachers know this principle that you, the more a student is interested Mm -hmm. in what they're doing, whether it's writing, reading, whatever, Mm -hmm. the more engaged they'll be. But again, for efficiency of the day, most teachers don't have the kind of leeway that they would need Mm -hmm. to give everyone that freedom. Of course. And then for convenience of grading, especially as you get into older grades, when we're talking, you know, the same teacher will have dozens of students Mm -hmm. coming through their class yeah um they just don't logistically they don't have a way of giving that flexibility or or most of them aren't interested in finding ways to do it so what you end up with as a default and again it's not because the teachers are bad it's because the structure is crap Mm -hmm. you end up with what is the most replicable and easily graded format that I can give. Mm-hmm. And in most cases that comes in the form of everyone gets the same prompt for writing. Mm-hmm. Everyone reads the same content. Mm-hmm. Everyone takes the same multiple choice quiz. Everyone's assigned the same number of paragraphs in their essay. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like all standardized. Yeah. And even the same teachers who will bemoan standardized testing. Yeah. They're very standardized in their teaching, not because I'm not talking about the standards themselves. Like, yes, you should have standards and mm-hmm. you shouldn't just include whatever you feel like. I'm talking about their approach to teaching the standards. Yeah. Everyone's given the same. 
Yeah. So the kids who that works for, great. Yeah. But the majority of kids it's not going to work for, or even if it's not the majority, even if it's five out of your 25 kids, uh-huh. that whatever it is you go with that's easiest doesn't work for them. Yeah. They're just left in the dust. I mean, it makes sense from a logical point of view, like, because they're going to be have a different teacher every year. They're not going to be with the same person who taught them the one way or whatever, mm-hmm. or the different ways. So they want all the kids to be taught the same way so that it's like next year, this is, we know this is how you were taught. So we're going to take the next step and stuff like that. But that is one of the nice things about homeschool too, is that you know how you taught them. Right. And if it doesn't work, you can switch it up and it doesn't matter. Right. Well, and I think that's what a lot of parents have a hard time with when they think about homeschooling is they're Uh number one, they're overwhelmed and intimidated by needing to cover all the topics because they're like, I was bad at math. How could I ever teach my kid math? Yes. Or whatever it is. Usually it's math. Um, (laughs) Or they think, oh, I'm not skilled at teaching blah, blah, blah at such and such level. Like, I don't know how I could ever teach high school math. I had such a hard time in high school when I was learning. When the reality is, number one, you're not learning the material, you're teaching it. And there's a big difference between guiding your child's learning Mm -hmm. and needing to be an expert yourself. Sure, you have to have an understanding of it. Mm -hmm. You have to have a familiarity with it. But it's not like you're getting quizzed on it. Like most of your memories from being quote unquote bad at something, Uh especially math, is having a hard time taking tests in math. Mm -hmm. But your understanding of the concepts for most people is solid yeah and can be much better for most people it's just a matter of how it was presented yeah and then the other side of that is you just need to be a little bit farther than your your kid is at any given time so like you don't have to have a 12th grade understanding of math in order to be teaching your fifth grader math Uh uh-huh when they get to 12th grade you will have gone through all of those grades and get to be prepared for it yeah so it's like you have time so if today and you you have a six-year-old and eighth grade math stresses you out or, mm-hmm. you know, essay writing or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you have time to strengthen that in yourself. Yeah. And if there was ever an instance of you don't have to be great at something to help others be great at it, mm-hmm. look at many of the coaches that exist in major league sports. Like the coach couldn't swap out with their top hitter mm-hmm. and have the same results. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of like, I have to be just as good or better yeah. in order to coach someone of how to be good That's at true. it. Just you just have the understanding of how to help them learn it, mm-hmm. an understanding of what they lack, and then be able to help motivate them and keep them on track to progressing. Yeah. So it's the same for your kid as it is for a coach guiding a, major, a professional athlete. The only difference is you don't have all the distractions of like, Oh, they, they get, well, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. (laughs) The only difference is you don't have like a hundred different kids and trying to teach them all the different subjects. Uh You can zero in on, this is what my kid is working on now. Yeah. And this is what I can focus most of my resources on being strong in. Yeah. And then when they get through that, you focus on the other thing and the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. That's a great point. I'm definitely one of those people that was afraid in that way about starting about doing homeschool is like I'm not going to be able to teach my kids some of these high school subjects but I'm thinking about it for me now who went to high school 20 something years ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I remember when I was in high school having math assignments and having to have my mom help me with with the homework yeah 
and she couldn't figure it out. But like she was just presented with it right then. It's not right. like she'd been teaching me all along or yeah. any of that stuff. And then she couldn't figure it out. This was before the internet, folks. <laughs> right. Okay, so we couldn't just look it up. <laughs> yeah, you know, just Google how it. to do it on the computer. <laughs> it was like the beginning days of the internet. So yeah, you yeah. couldn't just do that. And so we would call this guy in our ward who was like a programmer or something. He knew math really well. And he would just explain it in his programmer way mm-hmm. and to my mom. She'd try to explain it to me. And I would still oh, not know how to goodness. do it. The next day, I would like have the answer, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. But I would not have a clue about how we got it. Right. So, and this happened all the time. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I think about that <laughs> scenario, ridiculous thinking about it in hindsight. Yeah. Um, that I wouldn't be at that disadvantage necessarily that my mom was at where like, here's my homework assignment. You weren't at class with me all day. Right. You're at class with them every day. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, you <laughs> so, know the context. You know the content. Learning. And then later as an adult, actually, I did tutor some kids that were in junior high and high school mm-hmm. in math subjects that were challenging ones to me. Mm-hmm. But I had the math book ahead of time. So right. I just studied it. Like right. the day before they were going to come, I'd study what the next thing was so that I knew how to do it and I could teach them. Right. So it didn't, you don't have to be the expert necessarily way ahead of time to be right. able to teach. So that's the content. Can we talk a little bit about sociability? Because that's, I'm going to soapbox on yeah, that. Yeah, everybody, a while. All, this is one too that always freaks me out more because I'm more of a naturally antisocial. Sure. <laughs> um, I'd prefer to just read a book at home quietly than to go to like a party or something like yeah, that you're not recharged by being in a <laughs> no, group of I'm people you'll deal drained with it by it yeah but most of the utility of being in a group of people mm-hmm. is getting to know individuals better exactly with the intent of deepening a relationship with some of those individuals yes. it's not like i hate being around people i just yeah. groups of people no not great for me yeah one-on-one is good yeah so Anyway, so the fear, let's go ahead and explore the fear because you'll word it in a way that's probably very common for most people who (laughs) avoid homeschool. Your fear with your kids is what? That they're going to turn out like me. Okay. (laughs) Because I feel like whenever I am talking to somebody, I am being really awkward. (laughs) <laughs> all the time and then I you'll remember. tell me like I, I when would... you first told me that and i just laughed <laughs> well <laughs> i still just laugh and not the type of type of person that people just seek me out like i want to be her best pal yeah because i'm not flashy you're not flashy and you're not a me monster <clears throat> yeah i tend but... to be i'm more of a good listener i guess than yeah. a over talker so i think most people fear this whole sociability thing because of the same reason that you do. It comes down to their own feelings of inadequacy about their own sociability. Mm -hmm. Like most parents who are confident in their social skills just automatically assume that they're going to be able to pass that on to their kids. Yeah. And most parents who have a harder time think that there's no way they could. And so the only hope they have is school. Yeah. My issue with both of those mindsets, I don't think one is right and one is wrong. I think they're both flawed um it fails to take into consideration individual temperament yes like everybody has (laughs) their own level of comfort with sociability yes there are introverts and there are extroverts there are people who are recharged Mm -hmm. by social interactions there's people who are drained and there's omniverts like me who can Mm -hmm. deal with both Mm -hmm. but don't necessarily prefer the social the large crowds yeah so 
All this to say, your kid more or less already came pre-programmed with their social preference. Mm -hmm. Now, can you take a kid that would otherwise be socially well-adjusted and shelter them and they'll become less capable? Of course. Mm -hmm. And can you take a kid who maybe has a propensity for being more socially awkward, but through exposure and experience and training, they can learn to have a little bit better skills? Of course. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's like a done deal. Yeah. But for the most part, kids who want to be social will seek it out. Kids who don't will avoid it. Mm -hmm. And the best example of this is if you look, if if really home, like public school really was this cure-all for sociability and being homeschooled was just a guarantee for kids to be awkward. Mm -hmm. Why are there so many awkward people who finished (laughs) uh, public school? Yeah. Like there's countless examples of awkward (laughs) socially funky folks in middle school in high school Mm -hmm. in college and beyond yes so school didn't cure it for them it's not going to cure it for everybody i'm a perfect example of that i went to public school (laughs) and i am socially feel really awkward so there you have it it's funny because you homeschooled and then one of our other friends from social media anna she was homeschooled yeah and then I've heard both of you guys talking about, like, she talked about going to the prom and, like, doing yeah. social things with various friends that went to public school and stuff like right. that. And, like, you would go do stuff. Yeah, and fall ball. And and I, yeah. yeah. I did not go to the prom. I did not go to homecoming. <laughs> I went to, like, one football game maybe ever. Yeah. Or, like, I never went to just that social stuff. But I went to public school. So right. who's the more socially awkward one? It would be me. Well, but, okay. <laughs> not necessarily, but I'm yeah. just saying... I'm more And the bigger point, yeah, it's just that, like, if you aren't actively avoiding social opportunities for your kids, mm-hmm. they're going to find them. They're going yeah. to have them, especially for Latter-day Saint church. Well, I get tons of opportunities. Gives plenty of opportunities. Your neighbors get plenty of opportunities. Even our kids with their siblings develop so many social skills. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a more of a pop product or byproduct of pop culture than it is yes. any actual scientific yes. evidence. And actually the science suggests that kids are not only homeschool kids are not only not at a disadvantage, mm-hmm. but there are, are markers that suggest they're even sometimes at an advantage mm-hmm. socially. And the main reason is because they're not dealing with bullying and ostracization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have like a, a safer environment in which to, develop and cultivate their self identity Uh and so when they are in social interactions they have a stronger footing and a better understanding of who they are and their needs and better ability to reach out and they're more willing to interact with kids Mm -hmm. and um adults and peers older than them younger than them like Mm -hmm. a wider variety that's true whereas in public school you kind of get used to only interacting with the same age peers that's true anyway all this to say there's not really any reason for people to fear the homeschool curriculum. There's mm-hmm. not any reason for people to fear sociability. And in some cases, yes, awkward people raise awkward kids. Yeah. But that's just going to be the case whether they went to public school or homeschool. Mm-hmm. Some people are just awkward, and that's yeah, okay. That's we love our awkward folks. <laughs> and I definitely can see among our four children, like, diff- varying degrees of totally, sociability. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them love it. Some of them put up with it and some yeah. of them hate, some don't will go up to like anyone it. and start a conversation yes. some will avoid a conversation no matter who approaches yep. them so so we've raised them all the same it's right. not like 
we treated them all differently and train the into them stuff. Yeah, the nature nurture there is very evident. Mm-hmm. Um, any other points you want to hit before we wrap up? I know we didn't have necessarily like oodles of extra information, but yeah, I just think for me the main the main realization that I've had is that homeschool is not going to look the same for any one kid, uh-huh. any one family. The the huge benefit of homeschool versus public school is how unique it can become and tailored mm-hmm. to individual need while still giving the same broader benefits. Like mm-hmm. our kids are still all learning to read. They're all still learning math. They're all still learning about how the world works. They all have a love for science. Can't mm-hmm. get enough of science. Mm-hmm. Those are all important things for them to understand and learn, but they all also social emotionally have their individual needs met. Mm-hmm. We have strong suspicions about needs that they have that are unique um, that, you know, I'm not going to diagnose them right now, but just things that mm-hmm. we're curious about that may surface as they get older. Mm-hmm. And it's great to be able to adapt to those things, those needs, mm-hmm. support them in ways that they need. Whereas in public school, like without an official diagnosis, mm-hmm. you would not get any any extra accommodations That's or true. understanding or opportunities. Yeah. Without an official diagnosis, you'd be expected to perform in the same way as everybody else. Uh-huh. So just some of the little ways that we can tailor things to their needs and to family needs. So like the week that we all had COVID, we didn't do a bunch of homeschool yeah. and it was fine. Like. Yep. We weren't calling and apologizing to the school office manager. Uh-huh. I'm really sorry. You know, it's the third day in a row. Yeah, they didn't have to catch up on all yeah, the stuff they, they missed. They didn't come back like... to feeling left out and confused and lost. Mm-hmm. So all this to say, for our family, for mm-hmm. our needs, it's provided the flexibility and the freedom that we really seek and, yes. and want. And we love it. I agree. I think if I was going to talk to somebody who was considering homeschooling, I would tell them um, to not try to make it exactly like public school. (laughs) That was a mistake I made more like I knew the kids enjoyed our oldest went to public school. I knew he enjoyed certain aspects of school. So I was like, I'll just make it just like public school. But that didn't work. And you can take aspects of things that you enjoy and intersperse it, of course. But, sure. And then the other thing is to not expect to get it right the first time. Like, yeah. Um, not just be like, I'm going to be the perfect homeschool teacher yeah. right away. And I'm going to know exactly how all my kids. You all have that one friend that. on Facebook or Instagram. You know yeah. what we're talking about. Well, that's the thing. You want to be like them because they seem to have it all figured out and picture perfect. Mm-hmm. And make it seem effortless. I think I was doing okay. And then I'd like read a thread or something about someone homeschooling the way that worked for them that they were, at least that they were explaining. And I was like, mine's not even close to that. I'm just way more chaotic. And you know, there's difference. There was differences and everything there. Temperament, family size and family types and things like that. House size, (laughs) (laughs) monetary, like everything. So you can't just compare like that. So you need to right. take your own homeschooling like as though it's in its own little bubble <laughs> if you can. Yeah. And do what works best for your family. But and not, it takes time. Mm-hmm, and you're going to find stuff that doesn't work and doesn't mean you failed. Like 
we didn't we found stuff that didn't work it doesn't mean i wasted a year kids were no. still learning in that time right. and i was still learning and it's only getting better right so i'd say don't just settle for what's not working right try and figure out what can work for you and you'll actually have an enjoyable time everyone will and what works for one kid might not work for another mm-hmm. what works for your best friend and their kids may not work for your kids like it's okay that yeah. there's differences so you don't need to feel inadequate. You don't need to feel pressured. And you definitely don't need to avoid trying new things because you saw this one thing that worked for this one situation. Yeah. You, you still just try stuff. Try, 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 try. Yeah. Fail some, but find some that works. And then try some more. Try some more. Pretty soon along the way, you'll have collected up a whole slew of things that work. Mm-hmm. And you'll be way better off for it. And your kid will be way better off for it. Yeah. Than if you would just box yourself into the first thing that came to mind or Mm -hmm. The first blog you read or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like even necessarily like every single person should homeschool. Like we're just like these crusaders for everyone needs to homeschool. Definitely not. Some people it would not be good for, I think. But and I definitely saw that when I was growing up of people who just played video games all day. That was homeschool. Yeah. That's their parents probably shouldn't have been homeschooling them. They would have been doing better to go to public school. But. It's just so at least just don't, I guess my advice is coming from my own background of someone who said they would never homeschool <laughs> yeah. is at least keep an open mind about it and think about it as a possibility. Right. And if it's not a reality for you, then that's okay. But and explore, you like, can do it if you want to. And explore the re- your reasons for not mm-hmm. doing it, for not entertaining it. If you're one of the people who's against it, yeah, explore and challenge your reasons. Don't just accept them at face value yeah. because... Some of them could be legitimate, but some of them could just be an excuse. It could be bogus and could be what you tell yourself. Mm -hmm. But really, you're just afraid of trying because you're afraid you might fail. Yeah. But with the way school, public school is going these days, especially depending on where you live, what state you're in, what city you're in, there is becoming less and less that parents have control over. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially, I would say, as a Latter-day Saint who has a certain set of values, there's becoming more and more common commonplace and widely accepted ideologies that are taught in classrooms that don't align with our beliefs. Mm-hmm. And there's becoming more and more um, extra restrictions and fluff mm-hmm. layered on because of the pandemic and other mm-hmm. things that really make a school day inefficient. Mm-hmm. And so our kids are spending much less time on their official schoolwork uh-huh. than they would if they were in school, but they're spending the same amount of time learning yes. or probably more time learning. Really. Yeah. So their days freed up, their stress levels lower. Mm-hmm. We're not having to give up our entire day to teach them. It's not like we get up mm-hmm. at seven, start teaching and we're not done till four. Yeah. So it's the best of all worlds. Mm-hmm. All, the, all, all parties involved have more freedom. And people always like to suggest that if you're homeschooling your kids, it's just because you're trying to shelter them from <laughs> right. reality or whatever, right. or trying to turn them into racists or something. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, you there's know? tons of people who argue with me on Twitter. It's like, ridiculous. You need an objective person to teach your kids <laughs> ideas that are contrary to your false ideas. Okay, so because, oh, yeah. I know. Exactly. Yeah. So you think that teachers are coming from an objective place or you think that um 
the people in charge of districts and curriculums yeah, there are just curriculum totally, textbooks totally and... objective. I don't think so. So you're either yeah. going to get one way or the other. Right. And you can still teach your kids about the things that are happening in the world and the things that are, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> give them critical thinking give, skills yes. to evaluate things that face value. But can, you can present it to them in a way where they can think about it on their own and not have it completely biased one way yeah not be told if they don't agree with what's being presented in the classroom that that makes them a terrible person yes because in most cases and in most classrooms the bias is not hidden and it's dealt with in a very authoritarian way mm -hmm. so you either agree with us or you don't and yeah. for most part it's because that's how the unions treat the teachers and so mm -hmm, teachers mm -hmm. would feel completely ostracized if they didn't agree with the mm -hmm predominant <laughs> political view and so they align themselves first for fear of being ostracized mm -hmm. and then once they're aligned then it's a matter of well i have to teach my students to liberate them because teaching is a political act yeah i think so, that obviously we have our own biases as we teach our children at home but sure. i'd rather they have some bias <laughs> that's things that i believe than just some random person that well, has a job. Right. But... And if you believe in the gospel and you're teaching your quote unquote biases are the things that you believe are from God, then sure, for the objective mm -hmm. observer, it's just another bias. Yeah. But that's not what we believe according to our testimony. No. So I don't really care what Joe opinion says about the biases we're teaching. It's god's slant yes it's and we the the truths that we know are eternal versus the latest opinions of man exactly i mean in in our in our religion we believe in agency so we're obviously not hoping to bring our kids into our home and take away their agency so that right. they can't make decisions of their own but we are also believing that we're supposed to teach them and give them tools to make decisions and to think critically about things so of course we're going to be teaching them that and if nothing else, I would say your relationship with your kids, your trust with them, the t extra time that you're able to spend with them only results in them having more confidence mm -hmm. in your care for them, in your ability to be fair and, and thoughtful with them. And they're going to mm -hmm. be less likely to just rebel against you because they see you as their enemy, mm -hmm. whereas they recognize that you're on their side when you're able to spend that extra time with them. So yes. even all of the kind of just logistics aside, as far as your relationship with your kid, there's so many more opportunities to connect with them mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and be a part of their childhood mm -hmm. rather than letting someone else raise your kids and yes. you get visitation rights. That's what I hope for for our kids is to be able to get to the point where they can think about things and, make their decisions about things, whether the things I agree with or not, right. and will be able to talk to me about it. Yeah. Not so I can just convince them the other way, no, just but know. because I would want them to feel like they could talk to me about yeah. stuff, even things I didn't agree with. Right. And they know that you're invested. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening, especially if you happen to be listening and you don't really give two hoots about homeschool yeah. or public school. <laughs> <laughs> we realize there's some people who don't have kids who are listening, people who've already made up their decision about, what they're doing with their kids mm -hmm. who are listening or people whose kids are grown who are listening. But uh, we hope you found something valuable. We'd love to hear from you. If you have strong opinions or thoughts, let us know. Either mm -hmm. send us a DM, 
share it in the Facebook group. I still don't think we've done any discussion in there, but yeah, <laughs> it always gives us something to look forward to for the next episode. Yeah. Um, and or you can tag us in a tweet, Latter Day Doofus, Latter Day Snark, um, or on Facebook, tag us. And until next time, we appreciate all the support that uh, people are already giving to the business that we just launched. Obviously, homeschool is near and dear to our hearts for our own family needs. Mm -hmm. We're also really excited to be helping other families. So mm -hmm. if you haven't checked it out, go ahead and check it out. And if you know families who are considering homeschooling or are currently homeschooling, who could use more support, please pass on our information, send them to our website, let them know, mm -hmm. um, because this is something that we are really excited about and something that, as you can tell, we could talk about endlessly Yeah, <laughs> because we have a lot of opinions on it. But <laughs> bottom line is we want to help more families who want that and who are seeking it out to have success and find a way to do it that's authentic to them. Even if it's totally different for each family, that's the idea. Yeah. So thank you for the support. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. Talk to you later, everybody. Bye. Bye.